Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network, now the largest new media platform on the web, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's True Detective After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's True Detective After Show. Yes, welcome. We're back. Welcome to the. Uh, I'm gonna sing. Are you gonna sing, Joe? No, no, I'm not singing. All right, welcome back to the True Detective After Buzz After Show episode five. We're here. We're five, right? Yes, we are five. Uh, five. The secret fate of all life. Yeah. Uh, sounds like some uh, deep philosophical um, gobbledygook that we've been hearing <laughs> a lot. A lot of. Uh, a lot from Russ now. Existentialism. Um, exactly. Thanks yeah. for joining us here. We are in episode five, as I just said, and we are doing True Detective, as I just said. What I didn't say is I'm joined, by, as always, by Julia Kearley. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi, everybody. Hi, Julia Kearley. Oh, oh, and that, that lovely voice is Joe Sanvlippo. Hey, everybody. Hello. And the voice that the about to, you're about to hear is of that of Nando Velasquez. Uh-oh. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that was Stephen Lemieux. You, I don't jump through no hoops for you. All right. Sorry. That's okay. No. How are you, Hi, everybody. Bro? Fine. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Well. I'm great. <laughs> I'm fantastic. We had a, another, you know, duh, another great episode of True Detective, uh, the show that we all know and love, the most talk, talked about shows on the internet and the newspapers. The newspapers. The newspapers. Which one? Which one, Joe? I'm, I'm, I'm jumping from 95 to 2012. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Uh, so, great episode. So, things are starting to unfold here. We have a lot, lot to work with in this episode here. I mean, it seems like that now we stepped out of, completely stepped out of, two, uh, two, of 1995, mm-hmm. and we sort of jumped ahead to 2002. Which is great, and in this first four episodes, we've wrapped up seemingly the Reginald Ledoux 1995 case that we've been learning about for the last four episodes, um, and now we're on to what's possibly been going on from 2002 to 2012, which is equally as interesting, and we haven't even started talking about it yet. I, I think so. I'm very, very, very intrigued and excited to see uh, what what's ahead of us. But just to set this up for a second. For me, I didn't, you know, I I can't remember spending. I, I felt so much dread and anxiety watching this episode. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I was so full of like, oh my god, with the with the daughters, with everything that they showed after we got through the um the Reginald Ledoux shootout, which we'll talk about later, which didn't happen. Um, after we got through that, and we started to talk about what transpired between 1995 and 2012 and 2002, like when when recounting the story. I was terrified. And the reason why I realized I was terrified is because 
we are now something that we, we touched on last week, but we're now seeing that we're um, we're in the zone of the unreliable narrator here. Um, there's from, from episodes one through three, uh, we had no reason to not believe what, at least I didn't, to not believe what what Rust and Hart were saying, what Cole and Hart were saying as they were recounting the story because it seemed to match up. At the end of uh, last episode, there was some discrepancies when they talked about what happened in, in the projects, and you you begin to think like, oh wait a minute, maybe they're not telling the truth. And then we get to this episode, and we see that they're completely not telling the truth. That's just some things. So we get to that unreliable. Well, not just that. It, they're rehearsed. They're rehearsed. They're, their stories are rehearsed, rehearsed at that point when we're talking about them breaking into uh, into the meth lab, into Ledoux's place. Right. And, it, and so the, 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 I think it's the feeling of the unreliable narrator. Once that, that was very clear that these guys aren't telling the truth and that things are rehearsed, mm. once we got into 2002, I was terrified because I had no real sense of what was really going to happen versus what they were saying. Mm. And that's a feeling I've got. I mean, I, I don't, what, how, did you, how did you feel, Julia? I, I felt the same way, to be honest. I found this episode to be nerve-wracking. I mean, coming off of last week, and and, and it was so like such a high-octane last 15 minutes of that show last sure. week, yeah. I was almost dreading what was going to happen next. And yeah. from the second that it started in that bar with Ginger and, and uh, what's his name? <laughs> Cole. Cole. You know. Uh, from the second that started, and the look on, on Cole's face, face alone and in right. his eyes um i just i just knew that shit was going to go down and it was going to be crazy but that that feeling just stayed with me the entire time jumping through time when he's talking to the cops in 2012 when they're at the the quote unquote shootout i mean the whole thing was just i had no idea how this was going to turn out at any moment right i still I, don't well again it, for me it's like i it felt like i was on steady on, on steady ground i was on reliable footing and now i don't know where the hell i am or what's going to happen and it's freaking me out flip what about you are you how do you feel so far what, what, are, you, what are your what are your emotional impressions of this episode we just watched well i, I kind of feel like you know the secret the secret fate of all life i mean that's the title of the episode and and i mean uh, you know at some point we got a question what's the What's the purpose of telling a story? And and I think that in in, in the way we do things here here at Afterbus because we we turn around so quickly, mm-hmm. you know, we turn around, we we watch a show, and then we immediately do a podcast. And most of the time that works out fine. But for this particular show, I think there is a reason that Nick Pizzolatto has this show structured the way he does, and he wrote this show for a purpose. And I think that this episode, combined with the first couple of episodes, uh, I think we kind of kind of have a break. Uh, we kind of got a break in, uh, last week from this, but. I really feel like there is a philosophical worldview that is being uh, announced, mm-hmm. that is being discussed, and that is it is it is. I, I want to talk about it a little bit later on in some depth because sure. I really feel like the the purpose of any story, in my opinion, is to is to further whatever the author wants everyone to be discussing. I mean, if if the author's point of view is, hey, I want you guys to think about what is the nature, what is the secret fate of all life, what is the nature of this, why are we here. Then the, the the easiest way for me to get to a mass audience is not to write it all out in a linear way in, in a textbook because a handful of kids are going to read that in college. But if you if you make a story that is intriguing enough, told by characters that are that, that people can become invested in, then you can really drop something on on everybody. And I think that's what's going on here. And I think mm-hmm. that this uh, that this episode in particular, when we got in when when when, uh, when when Cole was talking about embrain theory. And and uh, and it goes back to what he was saying in the first couple of episodes about you know life is a is a disease. Sure. And and what is the nature of consciousness? I, I I really feel like this is the meat and this is the reason that we're getting this story is so that we can get this stuff. 
And and I think we should spend a few minutes on that a little bit later on. Yeah, it's well, worth of course it. we should. And you know, we, we talked about you know an episode back in episode three how you know he's talking about the uh, the ontological importance of religion and 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 how his sort of disdain for religion and how it's just what men need. Uh, you know, the sort of greater philosophy. And as he is sitting there himself, like full blown. You know Nietzsche, like full blown philosophizing about God knows what, and uh, even venturing into another territory uh, with time space continuums and fourth dimensions. Well, Hold on, let's get in that. Let's get in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's on yeah. Uh, well, I mean, this uh, you were saying a little bit before uh, before in the beginning that uh, you know we what we do is we watch these shows and then usually immediately after we come in here and we start talking about the show. So this one, uh, I love this episode because really it got very deep. It was really. It's very complex, but still easy to follow, if that makes any sense. Right. I think the fact that, and I'm starting to think that this was leaked, that article from, uh, I think it's io9.com, talking about the Yellow King. This is the yeah. only literary reference. I feel like that must have been even leaked by somebody in, with knowledge of the show, because it's just so much more depth to the show when you read that article. If you haven't read that article, look it up. There's an article, I believe it's io9.com, saying talking about the Yellow King. And, and there's a bombing, mean, just not so that. But That's they, not the only one. Well, but even before, what I'm saying is that people picked up on that before early him. on, way yeah. before the I mean, That's something that was already on the internet, yeah. talking, being talked about. Uh, you but know, I feel some, like for some, some reason it came out. Line, some folks at Grand Line have been talking about it and talking oh, really? about it. Oh, yeah, because they, you know, well, there are people more, far, far more well read than we are. I don't read much. Yeah, I exactly. Read Chambers, I haven't read Chambers we, in a long time. We I watch didn't make TV. That, I didn't make that reference, but go ahead. We watch TV for a living. That's what we do. We'll definitely talk about the Yellow but King in that reference. I do, but yeah, we will definitely talk about that. I definitely feel is a lot there. I really love the secret fate to, to all life. I really think it, it in a way this episode was very hopeless just listening to listening to Rust just talk about you know how we're fated to a time of the flat circle mm-hmm. and how we're fated to it seems like relive our lives over and over again and and there'll always be these kids locked up. I think he said there'll always right. be no, always kids be. locked up. It's a little it's a little sad. Again and again and yeah. again. And then I think what you touched on was really good, too, about the unreliable narrator. I think the one thing, though, that we as the audience get to always rely on is the video seems to always match what we feel are, what we think are facts. For the first three episodes. Yeah, well, the even the fourth episode, it's just the narration was wrong, but then when they, they go back, you see where the lie is. Right. So it seems like something maybe to keep note of is when they're talking, we don't see any video about the past to, to corroborate to collaborate what they're saying if they're really telling the truth. I think it's a really interesting device that we get to see on that. And here's, I I agree, and here's here's the problem, you know, the the problem in a good way with this show when you have Mm -hmm. such engrossing storytelling and and, and visuals is we get so wrapped up, you know, obviously we've we've talked about people who think it's slow and they're stupid, but we we get so wrapped up and engrossed in these characters and the atmosphere and all that other stuff and what's happening that it is sort of hard to to take a step back from this and, and get a, for us as a viewer even to take a step back from this and get a, a large, get a bigger view of the bigger picture, which is what the, the 2012 is supposed to be doing. And we're getting that, you know, they're, they're pulling out for us mm-hmm. and giving us a bigger picture. But while it's going on, like, you know, it was almost like when, the, when the shootout ended, you know, when the, when the, when they got Ledoux, it was like, Oh, that's it. We're done with 95. I was so into 1995. I was so engrossed. And now we moved on. We've got more yeah. stuff to do, which is, which is really just amazing. And just, I don't know if it's, it's again the storytelling and the acting and blah, blah, blah. This is only episode five. There's three more episodes to go. And sure. they've supposedly captured the, the killer. Although they haven't. We know they, ha- they probably haven't, but. Well, there we, was an ending to this, and now it continues. That's what's amazing about this. Yeah, thing. yeah. Well, there's there's an ending for '95. And now we're going to go into see what's happened now. So let's let's get into this episode here because a lot a lot transpired, a lot happened. Um, the the um, 
Okay, we, we got the okay, never mind. So, yeah, so, I think it's your phone, Jules. Too. Is it mine? Yeah, yeah it be your oh. phone. When it, when it gets close to the thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry about that, folks. There you go. Sorry. So, sorry. Um, no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> so, 2012. So, we, so we finally get a resolve, the resolve, we resolve this whole big shootout. I love how at the end of episode three, we had this cliffhanger and we saw Mr. Tidy Whitey gas mask floating around and we had yeah. this talk of, you know, a Vietnam-esque thing and mm-hmm. we were all so ready for the shootout, but then they jumped us you know, in episode four to a whole nother situation. In episode five, at the very beginning, they wrapped up this shootout. My first thought was like, oh my God, we got cheated on this big thing. And I realized that, no, we didn't get cheated because we got that cool tracking scene from last episode, which was an amazing shootout. So that was the, that was the shootout that was off books that they couldn't really talk about, ironically, in the, when, the, when they're recounting the stories. In other words, they couldn't tell uh, the two interrogators about that, about the, the specifics of what happened at that at the, at the, um. Right, and that's why the stories don't project. match. Right, the stories don't match, but, but for them, but, but there was, there was an amazing shootout. There was a crazy, they were, they were in crazy danger, but it just didn't happen at, like, like, like they told it at the, uh, at the Reginald Ledoux compound. See what I'm saying? Like, in other words... Right. No, no, and I agree with you. And I think that that, you know, I, I agree with you. There's an unreliable narrator deal going on a little bit. But I, I also think that that um, th- at this point we should be comfortable that what we're being shown, at least I feel anyway, that, that, that Cole and Marty are telling the truth, at least visually. Obviously, they're okay. not telling the truth mm-hmm. to the detectives. I'm not comfortable. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm, very, I'm, I'm telling you right now I'm not comfortable at all. I'm very uncomfortable. I'll tell you what I think <laughs> is going on. I, I, I'm getting a very much, I'm getting a, um, a, a, a Kaiser Soze usual suspects feeling right now. <laughs> I'm not saying there's going to be, the, the other shoe's going to drop that hard, hmm. but I'm just really getting like, I'm really Kaiser getting nervous. Soze. Yeah, when he's looking around, the, he's making the, the, oh, you know, the dolls and he's telling the story and all the phil- waxing phil- phil- philosophical about whatnot. I'm getting the, I'm just, I don't trust anything anymore. So, I'm, well, I don't trust him talking to the detectives, but I think that we know, I mean, we know what happened because we've right. been shown it. So I agree with you that he's, he's bullshitting the detectives and he's, he's spinning for them. But I don't think that I mean the shootout is is hap- we, we got to see the shootout that was legit. We know it was never discussed with the detectives. Right. We just saw it. Right. Well, so that's one point. From that as, time as period, he's supposed to be with his dad, right? Dying of right, right, right. Yeah. But as I'm saying, as a viewer, we thought we we're going to okay. get this crazy shootout with Reginald Ledoux. We didn't get that shootout. We got the shootout in the projects. Instead. You're talking oh, about the projects, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying as I'm saying as a viewer, yeah. You know, for, in episode three, we thought like, oh my god, we're going to get this thing. We never got it. I don't even think we get to see the man in his gas mask and pajamas. No, we. He wasn't cooking meth at the right. time, so that's why. Well, so, I don't. That's disappointing. That's all I'm saying. Well, I think we, we got we got our money's worth. So we so we we get the res- <laughs> we get the, the resolution. They creep up. They creep up on the house. They they take down um, the the evil. Very very evil. I think Reginald Dew pretty much lived up to the monster that we thought he was. I mean, my man had. Mm. I mean, what, he had a swastika. He had the six six six. Yeah, the noose he had the, around his neck. He had the noose. He had the pentagram on his back. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker was evil. And mm. devil's nests everywhere. <laughs> and devil's nests like just floating around everywhere. Um, the hillbilly uh, booby traps everywhere. I mean, mm. this guy was, he was heavily guarded. And <laughs> so once they got him, and once they got him down, he starts spouting that stuff to 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 rust. And I mean, what was he? he you know, Joel, did you write down exactly what he's saying there, Joe? I didn't. No, okay, I, so, I, that, I, didn't, I got some of it. You just did the time as a flat circle. I did the uh, he did the the, the, the black stars. The black, and stars, and black stars are coming. Stars. Saw it in my dreams. What you're going to do? Yeah, right. And and, and uh, which name? I mean, is that the talk of just a meth head, or is that the talk of, of well, someone who's part of this Yellow King religion? It scared the crap out of me because as Nando pointed out, the end, Nando, yeah, the last shot. The last shot was what? 
Black, Black stars. stars. When they went back, yeah, you they saw through the back. window on the side. Yeah. And Cole is looking at the nest. Well, those were the same type of black stars that were in Dora's journal from earlier on. If you if you got a good look at at, at uh, Dora's journal, it was it was also in one of the articles mm. I read too. So I'll be honest, I, I didn't catch it right away, but there were some black stars in the corner, right by the lines from the Yellow King. Oh, right. One girl had the black stars on her neck, and, she, and that was the yeah. Uh, yeah. mother. Was that the? That was a friend that they that interviewed the in, the, uh, in, in the in the parking lot. Yes, that was the black friend. stars and yellow kings. It's like it's like a box of Lucky Charms in this gone box. terribly <laughs> awry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's like an so, evil box of Lucky yeah, it's, Charms. It's, it's the flip. It's the negative of Lucky Charms. <laughs> black stars and yellow kings. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Shit's gone terribly wrong here. <laughs> oh boy, no, so that's that, my that, Lucky Charms. Did you guys buy it? No, we would not buy your Lucky Charms. So yes, we got it, but. We see what the big reveal that we do find out is. We see Hart so mortified by what he saw with with the children in there. He just came back and ended Ledoux point blank mm. in a very gruesome ending, and uh, and another gruesome ending for the uh, my man the cook who got blown up by the hillbilly booby trap by his by his, by his homemade cracker his ass security, cracker ass security yeah. system. <laughs> he blowed up good, blowed up real good. <laughs> yes, he did. So that was done. They're made to be heroes. Uh, McConaughey, um, you know, has a woman. Harrelson is, seems to be back mm. with the family, but things don't quite seem to be going that well with the family, Jules. Right? Uh, well, no, obviously, no. She, she. I think though, with, with the uh, the case being solved, so to speak, and his uh, his new recognition, he was promoted to sergeant de- uh, detective. Detective sergeant. Detective sergeant. Um, he's he's telling her that he cleaned up his act. He's sober for five weeks. He's going to a program now. Mm-hmm. He's promise saying, keepers. Promise keepers. He's saying <laughs> all the right things, sure. but that's what they seem to be doing. The two of them, they're saying the right things. They're lying left and right. Well, I think that that segment was really interesting to me because I know there's been a lot. Of flack all over the all over the internet about about the women in this in this show being two dimensional and, and not being uh, of a high enough written quality. Um, and I thought that 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 little that little chunk right there where we where we got to see you know we got to see uh, Martin uh, Marty rebuilds his life. She takes him back. Mm-hmm. He's back with the girls after they go they go roller skating and they do the whole do. And he's back home and he's talking about you never know you're in the good years. And you know, you, you, and it's true. You, yeah, know, you, you know, you just never know you're in them until they're over. And and uh, and you know, the the the, uh, the princess uh, Tiara ends up at the top of the tree, and and obviously that that's that's because Aubrey's not going to be a princess. She's going to go a different direction. But what's interesting to me is is this section really seems to me that there are here are two men that are kind of in a woman's world, and they're not they're not comfy. They're doing okay, but they're not comfy. I mean, Marty's got two daughters and a wife and he's living in princesses and, 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 like, what do you mean? and, and he's li- I'll get there. Oh, yeah. He's living in princesses and 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 tutus, which is the story of my life. And <laughs> and then you've got it used to be mine. You, yeah, you know what I'm talking about then. And then you got Cole who's with a doctor who's obviously two steps ahead of him at dinner. She's talking about how she she uh she she uh, how does she she kind of portions out the the uh, the, the, the hostility mm-hmm. to keep him Keep yep. him hot for later on. Yep. That felt very much like Pat. Pat, this is my guy right here. I yep. keep him, and I, I, I'm, I'm two steps ahead of him. And the response is like, "Wow, right? This, this guy's for you. <laughs> you got him wrapped up. You yep. got you're in, you're in charge of your relationship." And obviously, she goes on to be the the uh, the the head of Lafayette General. She ends up being the chief of of some dang thing at, at mm-hmm. Lafayette General. So she's a very impressive lady. But you very, I, I very much felt. I can't speak for anybody else that Cole was. Uh, underneath, so to speak, she was kind of patting him on the hand, and and this mm-hmm. was very much a a guy that was uh, like almost I didn't say kept. That's not the right term, but she definitely had the upper hand. It felt like in that relationship, mm-hmm. and and again, guys living in a woman's world. It was very interesting to see that this 
that their little their moment of heroism, their their deal was over, and now they're back home, so to speak, living in this in this woman's world almost. And and that was uh, I, I don't know I think I felt like that was very telling to me in that segment. I, I, you got a real different a different side of them. I thought. Well, they also said at some point I forget if it was Russ or Cole during their interview and they asked what happened to the relationship. He said what ha- always happens between men and women and that's reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're not living in like you said they're not comfortable there. They're not living in the real world. They're not being true to their own character right. because they're living this lie of what happened and they're they're receiving these accolades and they're putting up a good front and and it's just it's not natural it's not a natural state well it's crystal clear that uh, you know but especially the way uh, Hart said it it's crystal clear that that the, that time between the time they caught Ledoux in 95 and 2002 those were the good years I mean they're both with their families he got the family back the kids they had the kids they you know he had the uh, Rust had the wonderful domesticated relationship and then it all went to hell in 2002 again so I think that what we got to see in this glimpse in that glimpse of this episode in that little 15 minute 20 minute span was we got to see the good years we got to see 95 to 2012 2002 mm-hmm. the the good years <laughs> Uh, that, that they didn't realize that they had until they were gone. And what we didn't get to see was we didn't get to see the, what happened yet with, with, with what, what was the thing that happened What's with Hart? Well, first of all, what happened with Hart and the family? Cause you know, we, we clear, it's clear, at least clear to me that they have broken up. They didn't yes. make it. And I, I just, I'm really terrified of, I, I would love to see, uh, the daughter come out of the bathroom. I was terrified that she was going to go in the bathroom and not come out. Yeah, me too. Oh, me too. I, I was just terrified of that whole moment. And so uh, we've yet to see the resolution to that or what's happening with that marriage. And then cut to um, we still haven't seen the, the the rift between Cole and between Hart and Rust. What mm-hmm. happened there? Yeah, but we know something happened, which which further just builds the tension of this episode. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say. Um, I mean, I like the I like the analogy of living in a woman's world. I wouldn't want to say they're living in a woman's world, but they're just living in a more normalized version well, of the world. And as far as uh, what's going on with Audrey and uh, and um, and Hart, uh, you know, I, I I could see um, what I could see is that especially after what he did in the compound, seeing those kids and just that gut reaction, he obviously uh, even with his uh, even with his uh, tryst with Lisa earlier, even even though he's not been the the best guy out there, he definitely is very motivated by protecting kids, younger kids. We saw it when he was over at the at the Bunny Ranch type of trailer park thing earlier. Yeah, get find another line of work. Yeah, yeah. So so just to see the fact that he can't even control his own daughter, can't protect her from going down this road, I think that definitely sets him off uh, as himself. And then we still don't really know exactly what's setting Cole off as far as his relationship. But I think it I think it, it is something that says you know, these were detectives. These the, they were in the prime of their life. You saw when you saw when they were de- interviewing Hart, and they said what that was the best case you ever had. You know, you saw mm-hmm. him looking back at that, and he you could tell he got, agreed with it, and he's questioning uh, he's questioning uh, Rust right now because of that. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems to me, and maybe maybe saying a woman's world is is, is a is a poor way to put it because it's it it, it makes it's, uh, it. it it's too cheap a way to put it. Yeah. But it, it seems to me we had this hero's quest that these guys went on. Mm-hmm. And the hero's quest ended in 95. Yeah. And then they find out in 2002, uh, your hero's quest that you thought was a success was actually a failure. You guys fucked up. You didn't do it. Right. You, you didn't get the right person. Well, not and, only that. Well, not only that, everyone's guilty. Right. Everyone is guilty. We heard, we heard Russ say that. And technically, they didn't follow the rules. Uh, Hart killed, killed Ledoux, oh, point, blank, point blank. Point blank. 
Uh, you know, uh, Cole wasn't really following the rules to get to the compound. They they broke rules. They were guilty in order to catch what they thought was the guilty. Well, hold on. Not first. only everyone is guilty, everyone wants to confess. Well, that yes, yeah, that was in that was in that was in response to to how he's interrogating people, but but I think it's but I think a it metaphor for for them and sure, the way that they're right. operating. But but yeah. I'm, I, what I what I mean to say is that the Heroes Quest ninety five mm-hmm. between ninety five and oh two, you have guys that are essentially back from war. Yeah, we're in peacetime relatively. We're you no know, the cases aren't as big. They're mm-hmm. not as bad. And in O2, they find out that that big case is is not over. Mm-hmm. So it seems like in O2 is when we flip the coin again, yeah, and sure. we're, we're going back to a different well, mind, a different mode. Oh yeah, and, and this is what we're going to find out because we don't even even at the end of this episode, we didn't really get the sense. I mean, that uh, that they know that that you know they they're, they suspected, and especially obviously especially Russ is suspected the guys they haven't caught the right guy. Well, what's his name said so right? right. Guy, guy Francis says. The, the, these, these, the, the, I, I can give you big people. These right. people are backed by big people, big important people, people. Which, which, which you, you said the task force. The task force. We all said the task. Yeah. We, were, oh, we were wondering what happened to that task yeah, force. Yeah, been a while since we've seen that. Yeah, that task force is uh, is out there. So this is. We look like we're heading into conspiracyville. And then here. the next day, the dude's dead. <laughs> yes, for the phone call. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So I, I do, I do love this. I do love the sort of the mystery element being being brought back because I'm dying to know. Who was on that phone and what happened and what happened to these guys? But uh, it, you know, it is interesting. Um, we are now. I'm wondering how the story is going to be told now because it seems to be seems to me that we've gotten out of the the, the interrogation portion with uh, you know with Michael Potts and Tori Kittles. Uh, the, I, I don't know what their characters' names are. The two the two the two brothers, detect- yeah yeah. But, but, but Michael Potts, yeah, Thomas and Gilbo. Uh, okay, so, right? so yeah, so so Pot, uh, Michael, Thomas, Michael Potts, Tony, Tony Kittle, two great actors. Yeah. Who I hope you know we'll get more to do than just sit in chairs and look at each other. Uh, but <laughs> but, but they, well, they did get up. They, went, they, they did get up they and walk out. Yes, uh, they did get to get some more lines here. So hopefully we get to see them be some detectives as well. But I think that um uh I'm. You know, I'm I'm wondering how we're going to continue the story when you know obviously Rust is gone. There's no there's no narrator that way. I mean, he's going to come back and get more questions. Uh, I think it's over for Hart's interrogation too, as well. So mm-hmm. uh, we've we've completely done with 2000, 2002, 2000. I'm sorry, nineteen ninety five. We're getting into two thousand two. I'm very curious to know how as a as a as a storytelling device we're going to get to know what happened in two thousand two. I mean, I don't know. I mean, how, are we just going to see flashbacks? Because before, we're being told to this by two separate two separate versions by two separate detectives. So now, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to happen in episode five. How we're going to how we're going to continue the story? Oh yeah. So I, you know, I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Maggie's view on everything. That well, was, we know that was from great the previous. We saw that in the previous. And maybe Maggie and maybe talking that's to it. the cops. Maybe that's it. Yeah. They're going to bring in more folks. You know, yeah. <laughs> and they're going to get yeah. different different views of of, of of the story. But uh, so okay. So did, did anyone else think before we get and move on to the, the interrogation scene? Did anyone else think that? Um, I mean, as as daughter as having you know as as having have daughters, Joe, you have daughters. That whole daughter scene was you know sort of heart wrenching for me. That that father and I scene. I mean, I, I touched on this before, but does anyone else think that like something bad's going to happen to the daughters? I, I, um, I don't know. I don't know either. I I, I think that uh, well, you were freaking out when the tiara when you saw the shot of the well, tiara. I, well, because it seemed tree. very it seemed very much like I thought the girls were going to climb the tree, follow the tree, and die getting the yeah. tiara. So yeah. that was what I thought was going to happen. Me too. But, I thought that was sort of symbolic of like the loss of innocence. It was. It turns out it was. Yes. Well, not just <laughs> not just that. It was right after. Yeah. That. I thought a kid was going to fall out of a tree too. I'm with you. I was. I like the symbolism it. better. Yes. Yeah. But what was interesting to me what was it, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I, I well, look at the tiara on the tree and I'm like, oh shit, something bad's going to happen. <laughs> She's going to fall out the tree and die. And then she pulls up with the kicking beer cans out the car. I'm like, all right, well, she's not dead. Oh, but this is screwed up anyway. She's a mess. 
And so, I, but what, one of the things that I the thought... fall from grace. Right, either way, mm-hmm. you know, that you're not the same, right? Yeah. And, and what was interesting to me is, you know, Marty was talking about, you know, these are the good years, and, and, and you never know you're in the good years. But it was really interesting to, to see how he responds to his daughter the same way he responded to Lisa once a certain level of hodum had been established. I don't know how else hodum? to say it. Hodum? Hodum. Hoosity. Hodum. Uh, hodum. Right. I made up a word. I can do that anytime right. I want to. So, uh, what should I do with this cup? Hold him. Hold, hold him. <laughs> you only got one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are, are you good at Texas Hold'em? I don't know. So you're, here's Texas what I'm saying. Hold'em. You, you, you now he found his daughter in the car with two guys. Right. That is a specific level of hodum. Yes. <laughs> he caught Lisa, his mistress, giving head to some other random dude. Oh, well, she didn't catch him giving head. No. Because he, he questioned we, him. But he remember, asked him. But remember, we established that he. this is a they, big they deal to him. Yes. And once he found out that she had, she'd blown the other dude, he was over her. He was done with her. Mm-hmm. He was completely done. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, like, he just, just closed the book. I'm completely done with you. You had his penis in your mouth. I'm done. All right. We get, we get it. I'm just saying. But that's how he is. <laughs> we, and it was interesting we, we to know, see we know him. how it works. It was interesting <laughs> to see him cl- close the door on his daughter the same way. Mm-hmm. That was interesting to me. Right. It wasn't a matter of, uh, I, 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 we're going to figure this out. I don't know what's going on. It was, what the hell's the matter with you? Why? What the hell's wrong with you? I believe he said to use a different word. And then he slapped yeah. the shit out of her. Yeah. And and it was, he was done. Right. Like, there, it was interesting to me. I mean, it's, I think it speaks to how his character views women. Well, we, we, this, you know, this is what we talk about the dread. I, I too, thought, like, some, they're gonna, kids are going to fall off the tree. I thought, the, the truck's going to run home over. And I thought, oh, it's just her. And I thought, she's going to commit suicide. It's like, I'm just waiting for something to happen. So I don't know. It, well, right before that happened, he said that, you know, even though uh, committing the affair was a sin, the tryst was a sin, he said his real failure was inattention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that also definitely and had something. The... And that's when we saw the tiara in the tree. And I actually had the same feeling. Inattention. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't paying attention to his daughters and one of them was about to fall. Right. And she she did. You know, oh, not, but it not took literally. Ten years. Metaphorically. Not literally. Yeah, metaphorically. Metaphor, it took 10 right. years for her, to, for her to hit the bottom. Yes. Right. Or for him to see her hit the bottom is mm-hmm. probably more accurate. Sure. And, yeah. and, and we don't know where she is now. So we don't know how far she's yeah. fallen or she's recovered or what. So we'll, we'll see that. Let's just jump to, uh, well, I want to jump to this uh, interrogation and the revelation that there are some uh, darker forces that may be still at work. But before we do that, thank you all for joining us on iTunes. Thank you for downloading us. Uh, you continue to make us the number one show at After Buzz, and you've made us as high as number two on the iTunes Top 300, and Ooh. we really appreciate that. Uh, and then YouTube yeah, as well. And all of your comments, all of your ratings, and thank you for rating us on iTunes, and thank you for commenting on us, good and bad. Good and bad. And um, we appreciate all of it and continue to do so. We'll shout some of you guys out a little later on. But if we, can. we get back to the box, you know, we get to the, the revelation. We see that we see uh, Rust um, in the box interrogating this guy and really doing a masterful job of getting that confession out of him, which was fantastic. But then he was kind of, he kind of had a swagger on, like, I got, guess what you just did? You confessed to a double murder. Peace. I'm out. McConaughey. And then the dude's like, well, guess what? You know, uh, the guy you think is dead, think you got, is still out there. And total fl- that moment where his world is flipped upside down, he loses that it. That look in was, his um, eye, the incredible. second he mentioned the Yellow King, the was Yellow just King, fucking brilliant. Yes, yes. So I mean, that that unhinged him, you know. And, and that, no, I think we're beginning to see the beginning of the fall of of Rust, hmm. right? I mean, uh, oh it, yeah, that, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Hero's Quest is back on because it turns out we didn't finish it. Right, and and I think that's kind of I think that's what he's been doing since 2002 is building a case. That's my that's my prediction for what he's been doing. Right. Well, the question I think the question after the interrogation really is: Is he guilty or is he 
is he do it, putting up a case on his own? Is he is he hunting this killer or these killers trying to figure out the conspiracy I, on his own? I think he's hunting on his own because and it puts everything in the question. And then their, their whole their whole theory doesn't hold up. I mean, they've got all these 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 conceivable ways to make everything work, no. but the whole thing is predicated on the idea that somebody that the guy who did the murders would reopen the case on himself. Right. Well, not. Yeah. No. Yes. Well, that, well, that what they're saying right. is the whole thing is predicated on sure. him reopening I, everything from Guy Francis, which right. doesn't make any sense. Well, it, it doesn't make any sense if you're sane, but it does make sense if you're blacking out, if you're doing a Tyler Durden from oh, like, all right, from all right, Club, all right. I got you. They, they said he blacked out. They asked him yeah, to black out. Yeah, getting the whole like you know losing time from um, yeah. from the Ed Norton. I got movie, you. I got getting you. Getting the whole the Tyler Durden thing. I at the end, frankly, I didn't know what the f was going on. I'm like. I was I was I was in complete doubt. I'm like, wait a minute, is Matthew McConaughey the guy? Well, well he, no, he's not. And then even 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 a heart was like, oh, wait a minute, I need to process this. And so it, it took everything that we think we knew, including our reliable narrators, and put them in question and put us all on notice. Mm-hmm. I was freaked out by that. Well, Cole, uh, what, what I was going to say is actually, uh, I, I, quote me if I'm wrong or, or correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe from the, what I've read about the Yellow King, since I haven't really read it, is it yes. involves a manuscript. The, the King in Yellow. The King in Yellow. Is which, actually it, the name of the book. Oh, okay. The King in Yellow. It involves a manuscript that if you read it, you go mad. Yes. Well, it's a story about that story. It's a yes. story about that. So I, I totally saw that, especially the words it set off, Cole, was the Yellow King. Right. That was, he did not believe this guy, Francis guy, until he said the Yellow King. Because and the then third he time he lost it. it. It's the third time he's heard it. Yes. That's why. Exactly. And, uh, and the King in Yellow, just briefly, very, very briefly. King in Yellow. It's a book written by Robert Chambers, um, and it is a sort of a sort of a horror horror genre. It's ten short stories, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of which where they mention this this play it's that if you read play. this fictional play, that's a thread throughout the thing. If you read this fictional play, it you, the second you read it, you go mad. So we can only maybe think that the Yellow King is this sort of this thing, an unattainable thing that we're trying to catch as as police officers that will drive us mad if we... And Cole's going mad. It doesn't just drive you... The play apparently doesn't just drive you mad immediately. It draws you in oh, within yeah. the first act. And so you can't stop reading it because you're so engrossed with it. And then by the, if you, by the time you get to the second act, because you can't stop, mm. that's when it completely ruins your life. I'm so <laughs> glad I surround myself with smart people. Well, I really am. So, I just want to know. That's what's not, not going just, on with no. this freaking show. So is that the allegorical? The first two episodes, I was like, oh, or the first episode, I'm drawn in. I can't pull away. I can't mm. stop. And now it's driving me effing mad. <laughs> well, this is the, this is the meta well, trick. Well, this is the meta trick that people have been saying that's, that, that maybe there's a lot playing on us here. The meta trick is we were maybe led to believe we get this, this yellow king, the king in yellow reference, so we're thinking like, oh, it's it's the case. It's driving McConaughey mad. Look at him. He's mad. Meanwhile, where, where, where are we in episode five? We're drawn in and now we're like going crazy, and, so maybe it's a big... It's getting crazy it, and dark I'm, and demented and awful. Yeah. If I'm crazier than I am by the time I get to episode eight, I'm suing HBO. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Everyone's on notice. <laughs> I'm canceling my subscription. Joe, can we get some of your philosophical? Well, let, let, let's talk now? about that because you know I, I really and 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 one of the interesting one of the most interesting things about about when when a character in a play or a film is is asked or or, or tasked by the the playwright or the author to to uh, to to kind of produce his or her um, philosophy, you have to question why is that. 
character chosen? Why was that character structured that way? Why is that character being? It, it, why is that character tasked with this? Mm-hmm. You know. So I, I think with Cole, we have toxic, corrosive. I mean, this guy. That, that, that's what our our our, our guy, the, the crazy deep voice guy, said about him. You have a demon inside you. We know that that Cole is massively effed up. Mm-hmm. But he is. I, I think that that he is a man who's seen through a lot of stuff, and he's seen through the veil, so to speak. I think metaphorically. I mean, you've got uh, you've got a guy who has basically gone past all the bullshit that we kind of surround ourselves with, and we're living in a very unique time. I think. I think we're living in a post-religion time, so to speak. A lot of people are walking away from organized religion. There's a lot more knowledge about what the universe might be, what the multiverse might be. If, you, if any of you guys have ever talked to a theoretical physicist, which I had the privilege Badly to do, basis. I, I've had the privilege to talk to a couple of theoretical physicists. They will make you cross-eyed. And they will make your brain leak. It'll blow your fucking mind. If you have a moment to, to look into string theory, the multiverse, the idea conceptually that there, every decision you've ever made has been made by you on some love other plane and it's happening right now, it's stunning. And these guys are not, these are not half-assed guys walking in the street stone going, hey, what if? These are theoretical physicists. And that's where M-brain theory comes from. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an extension of string theory, and it's the idea that there, there are, there's 11 dimensions. And this is a view from the fourth dimension, right, looking at us. Mm-hmm. And this is what they would see. And the idea that all matter is superposition, and, and, and the idea would be that all matter, in my understanding of it, which is probably monkey level, mm-hmm. is that all <laughs> matter is everywhere it's ever been, is, is it compressed. And so from their point of view, everything is flat. Of course, we're living in a different way. But space and time are two very misunderstood concepts in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. Space, time, it's one thing. It's one fabric, and it expands at its own rate. Right? So, I mean, these are mind-blowing concepts. And we're building Mm -hmm. a philosophy. We're, We're rebuilding a lot of philosophy. And you have guys who are on the cutting edge of science that are looking into that are coming up with these ideas. And so from my point of view, you almost have this opportunity that we're living in the middle of that most of us don't know about, and I, I'm very glad, glad that he's doing that Nick Pazlato is doing what he's doing. These are things that really intelligent men and women are thinking of all day, every day, now. These are new philosophies that our kids will learn about in school, and this is stuff that you need to get turned on to because this is, what's, this is what the most intelligent people in the room are thinking about. And, and not just that, it's just the way that it's put in the dialogue like I loved when he said that death created time there you go so it could grow the things that it kills because yeah, yeah in eternity there is no time nothing can no grow nothing can, and nothing no. can I, become I just nothing can super, boom. yeah that was yeah. amazing the way that was written and how beautiful it was and really if you look at this I mean we're looking at three different times yes, we're we looking are. at well right now it's 1995 which is just about over for us 2002 and and 2012 exactly. so we're seeing the growth Again, the meta, the meta the trick, meta. the meta trick he's playing yeah. on us is we're looking at this flat circle mm. by watching True Detective. We're looking at the flat circle. We're looking at three different times simultaneously as, yeah. as it, the future is the past, the past is the future. This is how the story's been told oh, to us. Oh, that's really cool. Boom. 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 <laughs> uh, just really quickly, uh, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> we don't gotta get out of here too, yeah, but let, let's get to news and gossip really quick. Oh, do I have it? I do. Do it. Do it. No, I just want to say that, you know, uh, obviously, uh, no, Dick Pizzolatto and the gang have been brought back to do another season of True Detective, which is which is uh, which is finally 
um, something that that's that they've been announced, which is great. Yeah. And um, and they signed to it was a big deal getting Pizzolatto in the first place. They signed to a longer deal. Uh, so we'll, we're definitely going to see more of this, which was no the big the worst kept secret in the world. But we're going to see more of this, uh, but with different actors, presumably, and different stories, and who knows who it'll be. Uh, I did just want to get to a couple shout outs. Do you have any? I, I don't have any on me right oh, now. Okay. I know we're short on time, so right. well, we'll do them next week. We'll do them next week. For we sure. love you all. Uh, we love you all. But let's get to predictions right now. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Um, my quick prediction is we're going to uh, this flat circle we're looking at. I think that this the, the, the notion of the Yellow King, the flat circle, the time space continuum, all those will be sort of uh, we, we'll see those things written uh, visually personified in these last three episodes in ways that we can't comprehend or explain while we're watching him but when we when we zoom back and look at all the eight episodes we'll be like oh that's what he's doing i think this is like we're, we're watching a masterpiece i hope in the making i'm really really excited about when we get to episode eight and what's going to happen here it's a horrible prediction but i'm just really excited about that julia um i think we're going to uh <laughs> see more from yeah. laurie actually elizabeth reeser who uh who popped up for the first time and mm-hmm. we know that uh they were close to becoming engaged and yep. uh, so i think i think she's we're going to see more of her and we're going to gain a lot more insight into the craziness that is cole from through her eyes and interesting that he's dating someone who's in the medical field as well yes right. yeah very interesting yes. prediction Nando? uh i I think two things. I think that the Audrey uh, storyline, there's a reason for that. And mm-hmm. I want to say that we're all thinking anti-Christian task force is somewhere going to be back on this. I almost want to say that she's going to somehow get wrapped up with the wrong kind of people and might directly be involved with this case. And, uh, oh, and I'm also going to say that perhaps even our two officers, uh, you know... Um, Doing the interrogation might be oh. it might be a conspiracy that even lands to those two guys. Company man, Ooh. company wow. man, company That's a man. Good prediction man, though. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. Here's my prediction: there has never been a rift between uh, Cole and um, oh. and and Marty. I don't buy it. I think that Cole and Marty are just fine. I think Cole. <laughs> I think Marty knows what Cole's been up to. I think Cole's been building a case against the task force. I think Marty's been the inside man. Right. And I think that that's what's going to come out. You know what's interesting? Great. When he said, when he said that, uh, if, if Cole isn't playing you, you know, he's, no, hey, you're, you're, can't get a read on Cole. He's, he's going to read, read on, on you. you. Right. That just shows he's been acting. All this other stuff has all been an act. So, right. I love your, I love your theory. I, I, love know, I, I wonder, wonder what those, what, I think the, those uh, men, the, the, the men, beer men, the, yeah. the beer men mean something too, which I don't yes. know. That's some car, that's some Kaiser Soze shit right there. That's <laughs> Uh, I'm Joe Braswell. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Joe K. Braswell. Both Twitter and Instagram at Joe K. Braswell. Julia, where can we find you? Uh, Twitter at Julia Carely, J-U-L-I-A-C-E-A-R-L-E-Y. Same thing on Instagram. Uh, uh, you can find me at Joe Flippo, uh, J-O-E-F-L-I-P-O on the Twitters and my website, josephsanflippo.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nandovel, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L, and here at After Buzz, along with these fine folks, for the following. Oh, yeah. Hannibal coming up, Bates Motel coming up. Black uh, coming back. Blacklist. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. A lot of huge announcements to make. Thank yes. you very much for joining us. We will see you again next week for more True Detective. Uh, that's it. See you later. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.